This is Pastor Stuart Schneider welcoming you to a service of worship at Community Presbyterian Church in Belfont, Kentucky. Come, let us worship the Lord together. Our first reading is from Romans, the 7th chapter, 15 through 25a. I do not understand my own actions, for I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing I hate. Now if I do not, if I do what I do not want, I agree that the law is good, but in fact it is no longer I that do it, but sin that dwells within me. For I know that nothing good dwells within me that is in my flesh. I can will what is right, but I cannot do it. For I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I do. Now if I do what I do not want, it is no longer I that do it, but sin that dwells within me. So I find it to be a law that when I want to do what is good, evil lies close at hand. For I delight in the law of God in my innermost self, but I see in my members another law at war with the law of my mind, making me captive to the law of sin that dwells in my members. Wretched man that I am, who will rescue me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Our second reading is from Matthew, the 11th chapter, 16 through 19, and 25 through 30. Jesus said to the crowd, To what will I compare this generation? It is like children sitting in the marketplaces and calling to one another, We played the flute for you, and you did not dance. We wailed, and you did not mourn. For John came neither eating nor drinking, and they say, He has a demon. The son of man came eating and drinking, and they say, Look, a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. Yet wisdom is vindicated by her deeds. At that time Jesus said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and the intelligent and have revealed them to infants. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will, All things have been handed over to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me, all you who are weary and are carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. This is the word of the Lord. Because of the 4th of July holiday last week, we had a small turnout. But uh, I preached upon Paul's letter from the, uh, to the Romans. And I want to catch everybody up. So be patient with me if you've heard this before. I went on vacation to Pennsylvania week before last And when I came back, Kathy fixed me with one of her steely glares, and she said to me, I quote, It's Fourth of July, do not preach anything political. And I got whiny, and I said, well, what can I preach on? 
And she said, sin, you're organic. <laughs> and so we embarked upon a sermon about a devilishly difficult word, sin. When we speak of sin, we think of a list of things one ought not to do. We speak of sins, plural. The problem, as we see it then, is that other people do bad things even though they know better. And if we could get, that, get rid of those people, or at least make them behave, the world would be healed. Paul did not understand sin in this way. He did not understand sin as the bad things people do. He almost never speaks of sins, plural. When Paul speaks of sin, he addresses it as if it were an entity invading our world and manifesting itself in the bad things people do. He writes, Do not let sin exercise dominion in your mortal bodies to make you obey their passions. For Paul, sin is the covert systemic power which whispers to us that there is, in this instance or that, good reasons to do evil things. It's a sin to kill, but sin whispers that it's okay if the person you're killing killed somebody else first or is the citizen of a country that your country is at war with. It's a sin to steal. But the honeyed words of sin whisper that it was okay for the pilgrims to come here and claim land that belonged to other people and for those that came after the pilgrims to treat those other people as vermin. Dropping an atomic bomb on Hiroshima and Nagasaki, incinerating mothers with their babies at their breast, was very evil. But it was a good thing to do, sin convinced us, because it shortened the war. Sin isn't simply the bad things people do. It's the force that excuses the bad things we do. We live in a world which offers us only choices between evil things. A world ruled by sin is a place where things are loved while people are used. Keep that in mind. A world ruled by sin is a world in which things are loved and people are used. All is not without hope, though. With the coming of Jesus, God is seeking reconciliation with his creation and has given his own Son to do so, ushering in the promise of a world freed of sin's influence. A world freed of sin's sovereignty will be one in which people are loved and things are used. A world not ruled by sin is a world in which people are loved and things are used. But we're trapped in a world in which sin reigns, a world which offers us only evil choices, then tells us that that's okay, Paul assures the church in Rome that in the end times, God will set all right. Until that time, the church is to reflect into the rest of creation what life will be like 
in a world no longer ruled by sin. We have work to do, church. We're to show the world that there are more choices than the evil ones presented to us by sin. Now, how are we to do that? The sin is systemic. We're trapped in it. We would like to ease the suffering of others, but we're powerless to do so. In Paul's words, I can will what is right, but I cannot do it. For I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I do. Now if I do what I do not want, it is no longer I that do it, but sin that dwells within me. So I find it to be a law that when I want to do what is good, evil lies close at hand. For I delight in the law of God in my own inmost self, but I see in my members another law at war with the law of my mind, making me captive to the law of sin that dwells in my members. Wretched man that I am, who will rescue me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. That's Paul thinking about the same thing we think about. What's wrong with the world? We are at once in mortal need of rescue and utterly powerless to save ourselves. Our first task is to admit that we are wretched and unable to fix what is wrong with this world. That doesn't mean that we are to be satisfied with doing nothing, though. We have work we can do, and we have some folks here today who can explain to you how they have chosen to reflect God's assurance that the world can be made right following the devastating loss of their son, Cody. I've spoken to you several times about Cody. Please welcome Elliot and Leanne Gallahue. Good morning. Good morning. On um, May the 25th of this year, I had a family of four. I had a family of four. I had plans. I had goals. My children had plans and goals. May 26th, I woke up. WSAZ was on. They had a developing story about a crash. I immediately recognized my son's car. It was that morning that I realized that my will and plan for my son's life did not match God's. Cody, to be able to start talking about the RAC movement, I have to tell you a little bit about who my 21-year-old son was. From the beginning, he was a complete gift from God. God hand-delivered him to us. He was an old soul in a little body. He, from a tiny age, would worry about people and situations that adults didn't worry about. If he saw someone on the side of the road, he wondered if they were hungry, if they were homeless, and what could we do to fix it. In 2010 to 2011, we embarked on a one-year kindness journey, which now I firmly believe was like the dress rehearsal for RAC if you would. And that was prompted because on Caleb, they have Make a Difference Monday. And he looked at me one day and he said, why are people only nice one day? Why are we only doing an act of kindness one day a week? What about the other six? He always was looking for ways to make life better and easier for someone else. Always. When he was 10, he sold his toys to buy new toys for children that were in foster care. 
when his father was deployed, he had a lemonade stand to raise money for the soldiers that were deployed. Giving kind spirit. So days after his tragic accident, one of our friends, a mutual friend of ours, established RAC on Facebook, Random Acts of Cody Kindness. His acts of kindness, he firmly believed that if there that we could have this chain reaction. If there were enough acts of kindness, that was showing people that you loved God without coming right out. He would laugh and say, I'm not going to throw the Bible at him. I'm just going to love him and I'm going to be kind. And he thought eventually that would catch on. So my our friend set up this rap page on Facebook to where we were hopeful if we could get 20 or 30 people, close friends and family, to join this page and continue doing these acts of kindness, his legacy, he wouldn't be forgotten. Almost immediately, it spread like wildfire to where his father and I, we know that God is right in the center of this. Um, 71 countries have had a rap performed, a random act of Cody Kindness. 71 countries, all 50 states. And there's like 88,000 members. It's unbelievable for us to sit back and think. The photo, there's several photos on this rack page, but the one that has me in tears every time I see it is Zambia. There was a mission trip to Zambia, and there's a sign being held up, and it says, Zambia, you've been racked. And then you can see where they're holding the Cabell Huntington Hospital flag. That was where he worked. He was on his last class to earn his associate degree and was going to go to Ohio University. You know, we are firm in our faith and never once did we question God. Never. We know that this was, even though it didn't match our will, this was a part of God's plan. I really think that it's kind of like right now, we are seeing the underneath of the quilt. You know, when somebody's putting a quilt together and it's ugly on the underside, but God can see the pretty quilt top. We're hoping to one day, hopefully this side of heaven, be able to see the pretty quilt top that God already sees. Um, and I think that we're beginning to be able to see a little bit of that. Because we've had people contact us and say we we felt like humanity, and it was lost, that everybody was just going to be mean one to another, that we didn't have acceptance. Um, We've had messages where people said that they are now going to church when they had stopped going before. People have messaged us and said that they are, they've been baptized. It really is an unbelievable movement that we know that, that God is there. I had somebody message us the other day and they said God needed a kind angel. He needed someone that could spearhead this. My husband laughed because Cody would talk to anybody. He wanted to hear their stories, so he never knew a stranger. So um, my husband laughs and said, when Cody got to heaven, God said, I've got a job for you. You're going to go spread kindness. And, you know, if, and we have said it took Cody, Cody, and the work that he did in his 21 years of life for people to want to continue that. If he would have been a varmint and out carousing around, this wouldn't be going on. So this is a pretty awesome legacy that people are wanting to continue. 
and that God's doing it and that we are a small part of it. We're sitting back and allowing God to work. Um, it's pretty awesome. Do we miss our son? Absolutely. Within that goes without question. We had somebody ask us not long ago, why are you so excited about the rack movement? Wouldn't you rather have your son here? That goes without question. But we are going to, instead of, you know, when David was facing Goliath, he didn't tell Goliath how scared he was. He started talking about his faith more. Don't talk about your fear. Talk about your faith. So that's the way that we've embraced this. We miss him, but oh my gosh, we are going to Esther. Perhaps this is the journey for which I was created. You know, so our whole entire life, I firmly believe that God has prepared us for this journey that we're on. And we're going to embrace it, and we are going to continue allowing God to work through us and our son and his um, His legacy. Thank you all so much for um, allowing us this opportunity to talk about Rack and um, our amazing 21-year-old who was a gift from the beginning and continues to be. God has created a world for us where Cody still exists. Cody is still talked about every day, um, and that's pretty awesome. You know, and we give him all the praise and glory for that. We thank him for allowing us to be his parents. He could have chosen anybody. Don't go yet, Leanne. Um, The concept behind RAC interests me because it's an administration-less movement. In other words, you don't have to swear an oath or come to meetings or offer money. You individually offer an act of kindness to another. I was in Starbucks the other day, and there was a pretty young girl behind me, so naturally I tried to strike up a conversation. And uh, what I said was, um, do you know about the rack movement? And I explained to her about Cody. And I said, will you allow me to buy your uh, coffee for you? Now, that's the kind of thing that we do. And she said, I said, the only deal is you have to pass it on. She replied, well, I'll buy your coffee for you, too. Now... I said, no, you missed the point here. (laughs) I'm old enough to be your grandfather. I'm not hitting on you. Uh, And you're not obligated to me in any way. You are to go and do something nice. It doesn't have to be buy a coffee. Do something nice for someone else. I wonder if you would tell us from the webpage, I know you've got lots, what sorts of things people have been doing. What sorts of acts of kindness the Zambian mission trip, which is huge, and we all cannot do that, but we've had, um, oh gosh, we have one person who decided that they were just going to get in contact with somebody that they hadn't been in contact before. You know, acts of kindness does not have to involve money. It can be holding open a door. It could be letting somebody simply share their story with you. Sometimes other people just need a um, somebody to be their story keeper. They need to share their story and somebody to be willing to keep it. Um, We've had other people help load groceries. Um, There was an elderly woman who could not load her groceries into her cart, and somebody helped her load them into, um, from her cart, excuse me, into her car. That was Kathy. She did it just the other day. No way. (laughs) How awesome. Awesome. It's just been 
unbelievable. We've had other people going to um, nursing homes. We've had at, um, I can't remember if it was McDonald's, one of the um, restaurants had a 167 car, I think it was, that they said that every car kept paying for the next one. And the Little Caesars in Ashland had, I don't know, several hours worth of going through the drive-thru. Somebody came in and paid money and said, pay for as many pizzas as you can. Um, those types of things. And those, of course, involve money, but acts of kindness are merely just being kind. And you would think that that would go without saying that we should be kind one to another and to be accepting, but I think we've gotten into a society to where we were not tolerant, we weren't accepting, we weren't kind. Um, and I am so thankful to be able to see that we're moving, I think, hopefully in the right direction of kindness and loving one another. Um, I have always told my kids we're all more alike than we're different. And so I would challenge them to look at ways to where we're alike instead of looking at people through the eyes of we're different. We are all created by God. So if we're all created by God, that means that we're, we're alike. And we better be kind. You know, in raising your children, you raise them. And I would fuss at them all the time. And I said, when your father and I die, I want to make sure you're continuing to live in a godly Christian way because I want to know that you're coming to heaven after us. Never once did I think that our teaching would get him to heaven before us. Never. Um, but I'm glad to know he's there. Um, can you think of other acts of kindness that have happened? Covered. Have I covered them? She's the speaker, obviously. <laughs> he's my good-looking sidekick, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Do you all have any questions? You can find Rack for now on Facebook, Random Acts of Cody Kindness, and it's known by the hashtag Rack. Um, but we have somebody that's working on a website. Um, unbelievable. It's unbelievable to think that God chose 21-year-old um, Ashton, Kentucky boy, and because he was so kind, people are wanting to continue that on. And this isn't about Cody. It isn't about his dad and I or his sister. This is about what God's doing. We just find peace going to that rack page. I have told, I'm a counselor by trade, and I have told people that God knew that I would need the rack movement to keep me from being hospitalized. And, I'm, and I don't say that jokingly. Our children were our world. So God definitely gave us the rack movement to, um, to save us, if you will. Thank you for having us. Thank you, Leanne, for both appearing with us and for this ministry that God has laid upon you. When we deal with people as things, oh, he's a beggar, oh, he's a bad person, a criminal, then we react to them in one way. When we react to people as individuals, real people, we react to them in entirely different ways. Rack makes us deal with people, love people, instead of using them as excuses for not doing something we want. We grieve with you guys. 
And we so admire your turning of this loss into a celebration of God's promise for the world. Every cup of coffee bought for the car behind you in line, every hand offered to an elderly person attempting to navigate a stair unsuccessfully, every act of kindness, however small, kindles another light in the darkness. Jesus said to the crowd, To what will I compare this generation? It is like children sitting in the marketplaces and calling to one another, We played the flute for you and you did not dance. We wailed and you did not mourn. The world ruled by sin demands that we dance to its flute, while God requires something very different from us, that we reflect his love of his children, even those we see as our enemies, loving them as ourselves. Amen. I'm going to ask the Gallagher's to stand with me in the back as the congregation leaves so that they may receive your blessing. I know that the thought is going to occur to some of you to offer them money, and I'm sure they will put such to good use, but that's not the point of Rack. Giving money is a way of helping without connecting. What they and I want you to do is go out and do random acts of Cody kindness to the people you run into during your life. And I think you will find, as I did, that the blessing you received in return is much greater than what you offered. Sin might well turn your mind to ask, why should I do a random act of kindness for a complete stranger? God replies, why would you not? Until we meet again, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. God's people said, Amen.